Hi. Hi. Welcome to Sitting Crooked. The podcast where we discuss the uncomfortable and all the skin crawly goodness that you all seem to love. And we all seem to love. That's right. This week. Oh, fuck. That's wow. Jenna, by the way. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm Jenna. <laughs> I'm Angie. <laughs> and this week... Oh, my God. I, like... <laughs> it was like emergency episode everybody pay attention yeah this is gonna be a heavy episode yeah so we're gonna go into some details of things we usually don't go into that much detail about because we're gonna be talking about the east area rapist slash golden state killer as promised um yeah yeah so for those who are less familiar with the case we're gonna dig into some of the backstory gives some examples of what he did. Um, and then we're going to go into current news because that seven, 72 year old lump got caught. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. He just looks, oh, can I just say, he just looks so fucking confused. Like, he's got this, like, ah! <laughs> ah! like, he just looks so decrepit and stupid and i feel like he'd be grumpier than that be like apparently he... did you eat my peanut butter sandwich like, i don't know what you're talking about i have so many things to say about that but i'm gonna wait until the end okay because we're gonna talk about we're gonna jump right in and talk about the victims because that is the most important part of this story yes um so i mean there's fuck there's a lot of them yes this piece of shit is <laughs> responsible for over 100 um, break and entries, over 50 rapes, and at least 12 murders. But who knows what else Fuck. this and guy did. So, like, they have so many theories about him and so many potential connections. Yeah. Like, he is what horror movies are made of. Fuck, right? Every, every bit of his MO and his script and his little lump mind just screams horror like you can't write shit better not better but you know what i mean no like, uh, no i don't worse like than this, this is what shit is based on yeah like and if someone told you if if his name wasn't known and someone told you this like the stories of even just one of his attacks you'd be like yeah okay yeah well you were when we first started talking about this and the you know, we need to do this episode. We need to do it soon. Um, you're like, listen to this and listen to this and listen to the phone call. And I was like, oh, it's just a phone call. It can't like can't possibly be that bad. No serial killer has ever scared me so bad as this yeah. guy. Like, I'm home alone. I probably shouldn't advertise this now that I'm thinking about <laughs> it. But I'm home alone frequently because my husband either works late or, you know, we work different shifts. But Every time, like in the last week since we started talking about it, since I started doing my own research about it, I'm just like triple checking the doors mm -hmm. and the windows and the back door. And like, I thought I was being followed last night. I'm like so paranoid now. But the, the worst part, like, of course, these are all great preventative measures. But what kills me is even, and we'll get into this, even in the cases where the victim, you know, locked all their doors and yeah. did due diligence and caught you know what i mean mm -hmm. they were still the victim so like yeah yeah <laughs> um so i i mean there's there's so many victims and, and stories that you know of course we want to pay our respects to both alive and past of course um 
but there's just not enough time in no. our lunch hour. So what I've done is um, I've collected a few that I think just really highlight how fucked this guy is. Yeah. And he, um, sorry to cut That's you okay. He, he repeated himself a lot. Yeah, like, oh. he, he had the same script that he just kind of ran through over and over and over again. Yeah, and any changes were very slight. Yeah. Um, so I'll go through a few that really stuck out to me. Okay. And then, um, honestly, big shout out to the Criminology Podcast. Yeah. Because they did an amazing job. Cover- they dedicated um, their entire season two to covering the East Area Rapist yep. before he he got caught or any of this news surfaced. And they do a really good job of going through case by case, rape by rape, incident by incident, what happened, who is involved. Yeah. Um, they talk to victims as well. You get firsthand accounts. So if you're interested in digging into the details, um, then I would suggest checking them out. Absolutely. It's fantastic. So. Thank you guys for all of your, all of your work. And I mean, like, there's no way that that happens in a day or a week. Yeah. Like that is a, that is a huge project. Commitment. Yeah. yeah. So we appreciate what you've done. And other podcasts too, really. Like, I think, I think it's times like these where the true crime community, like you feel it. Yeah. You see it on social media of people being like, fuck yes. Like it feels like we collectively got him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's some satisfaction that's felt by everyone. Yeah. In one way or another. But um Yeah. So yeah, I'll uh I'll dig right in with his one of the first cases uh in his raping series that dates back oh, to <laughs> June sixth, nineteen seventy six. And that's with Carrie Frank and she was just twenty three. So this is in uh, Rancho Cordova, and while her father was away for six weeks, um, the East Area Rapist entered the residence, and as he did with many of his victims, he woke Carrie up with a flashlight, but he also stood in her doorframe and tapped the doorframe with his knife. Oh, you motherfucker. Yeah. Um, so wearing a ski mask, gloves, no pants, no underwear, uh, he threatened her with a knife, and the other thing that comes up commonly is everything he says is through clenched teeth. Yep. Um, so that was very distinct through all the stories. So through clenched teeth, he threatened that he would kill her if she moved or made a sound and made it very clear that he wanted to fuck her. Uh, after raping her, he tied her up. Um, sorry, he tied her up prior to, um, untied her ankles, raped her, tied her ankles back together and asked if there was any money in the house. He rummaged through the bedroom, talking to himself. So this is another thing that kind of comes up periodically, is sometimes um, victims say that it sounds like he's talking to someone because there's a shift in voices. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're like, we, I couldn't identify anyone else in the house. I think it was just him talking to himself. Yeah. Um, so he was talking to himself, rummaging through all her things, and then all of a sudden she heard nothing. So... She waited for a while until she felt that he was gone and then still tied up. She managed to kind of like shimmy, shimmy across the floor, knock the phone off and dial an operator. Um, And, you know, every single one of these, almost every single one of these cases is followed by terrorizing phone calls. Yeah. Another one was uh, Joyce Parker and her 10 year old son. Oh, God. Um, Yeah, I hate this story. (laughs) Sorry. It's okay. So, Timmy heard his dog barking, 
And he let him out through the backsliding door, assuming that, okay, he wants to go out or whatever. And as he opens the sliding door and the dog runs out and dog's still barking, he sees a masked figure in the backyard wearing um, a mask and no pants, no underwear. The man, like, they locked eyes for a second, and then the guy, the man freaked out, and he scaled the fence, and then perched on top, and just kind of sat there. <laughs> the fuck? Staring like a cat? At, yeah, staring at the boy. And then I guess he kind of realized, oh, it's just a ten-year-old boy. So he climbed back down, and just, it was described as casually walked past the dog and toward the boy. No. Um, so... Timmy slammed the sliding door shut, and he was screaming and ran and got his mom. And his mom kind of, you know, was like, oh, it's just a dream. Like, no, you didn't see anything type thing. But as they're coming back to the kitchen, they see him climbing in through the window. Uh-huh. Um, so he tied up the son, tied up the mom, Joyce, raped her multiple times. And this is another weird thing he did, is, is he would commonly... Um, take breaks almost yeah like he would rape or assault and then go wander around the house for a bit eat some food go through some stuff come back rape again and like just it's yeah that was one of the most like unbelievable things about this case is that like you can rape someone more than once within Mm -hmm. a few hours and he was there for hours in some cases Mm -hmm. and like how do you (laughs) And I'm not laughing to make light of it, but it's just so unbelievable that you can commit these crimes and stick around. Yeah. Like, usually the first thing you want to do when something bad happens or you've done something bad is leave. Yeah. It's like, get out of there. You don't want to get caught. But he, like, pushed it. And he Mm -hmm. was there. I think the longest one that I remember hearing was three or four hours he was in the house. And I was just like, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. And I, and that's one of the key things, like, despite him in almost every single case saying, you know, I don't want to hurt you. I just want your money. I want your money for this. I want your money for a fix or whatever. You know, burglaries is you go in, you grab the valuables, you get the F out. What he took wasn't valuable. And like you said, he spent hours, hours there. Yeah. So it made absolutely no sense. Yeah. And and I mean, not to, not to make light of rape in any like way shape or form but the fact that he could perform mm-hmm. more than once in that span of time like yeah when they say multiple times like two four like how many times is he raping these women and it's mm-hmm. horrible to think like fuck man who gave this guy that much stamina to <laughs> do these horrible fucking things yeah no kidding and i think that just speaks to you know how much the the situation, the terror, the fear, and all of those emotions and dynamics involved, how much that really did drive him sexually. Yeah. Right? Because it's not just your standard, you know, oh, what a nice looking woman, like, and then you get turned on. It's like, he is turned on by this power, this control, yeah. the fear, and that entire dynamic. Um, something that Joyce did, which was really weird and kind of made me like almost do a double take while reading was she was trying to throw him off. So during one of, uh, in the middle of one of her assaults, she said, you know, you're a really good lover. Yes. I remember this. And he stopped and pulled away and was like, really? And she was like, yeah, you're a really good lover. And he was like, 
No one's ever told me that before. Everyone just laughs at me, especially since that thing happened to my face. Yep. And she was like, oh, you like to be complimented? And he was like, well, yeah. Everyone usually laughs at me. Like, that... There's a few interchanges with with victims like that where they try something a little different and it just gives us that much more of a peek into what is going through this guy's mind. Yeah. I think she was pregnant too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, There is a... Not that that really comes into it, but just to, like, this guy has no limits. Mm -hmm. I mean, as if that needs to be said, but... Well, yeah, there is a few um, pregnant women said, you know, please don't hurt me. I'm five months pregnant or whatever. He didn't seem to care. There is one woman who said, you know, I just had an abortion. Like, you can really do damage to me. Oh, my God. If you assault me. And again, of course, he didn't care. So... Fuck. Yeah. (laughs) Um, The last one that I'll mention in detail uh, is Patricia Lacer. 30, and this is in February of 1977. So, and this goes back to the point about, you know, you can kind of do everything right and it's still going to happen. Yeah. Um, husband left for work around six in the morning. And this was another weird thing is usually his attacks were in the middle of the night, like between, you know, 11 p.m. and 5 a.m. type deal. This one happened right in the morning. Yeah. So her husband left around six and um, while he was in the driveway getting in his car, he noticed there was a, a suspicious van in the street. So he warned his wife and said, you know, just take extra caution, make sure the house is locked up. Um, but she didn't check the sliding back door because she thought it was already locked. And so she's in the kitchen, she's doing dishes, and she felt a man behind her, which she assumed was her husband. So it was kind of like a, oh, would you forget type deal. Um, and she turned around and saw the ski mask, man in a ski mask armed with a gun and a knife, one in each hand. And she took a little bit of a different route. She tried to be defiant at first. So he told her to sit down in the kitchen chair and she said no. And then he reminded her that he had a gun and then she um, complied. What? Eventually he would lead her to the bedroom, tie her up, and she did continue to fight back. But then he threatened to kill her seven-year-old sleeping daughter. Oh my god, this guy. And that's the thing, like once he starts targeting like mothers with young children or couples with young children Mm -hmm. like there is no better leverage because you will do anything to protect your child like it uh, it it sucks like if it was just you know you alone you'll get any you'll do anything to get out of there but it's like i'll kill your fucking kid if you don't do Mm -hmm. what i say it's like okay well just don't hurt my baby like i don't care do whatever you have to yeah and i know i know there's Unfortunately, people on this earth who, you know, there's a lot of victim blaming, especially Mm -hmm. when it comes to rape. But you look in these situations and it's like, what, like, what can you do? You, you know, are awoken in the middle of the night, bright light, knife against your throat, flipped over on your stomach, tied up. And then you're the people who you love most are threatened. Yeah. And the other thing that he did, I say well, but, um, you know, kind of to your point, he manipulated his victims very well in that his constant coming and going out of the room. Oh, the tension right? just like up and down like crazy. And then I think that really just built up that when he did leave, you still didn't know if he had actually left. Yeah. Right? It's not like everything happened in the one room and then he left and it was fine. The constant coming and going, it's like, well, when he's gone, is he really gone yet? Yeah. And he would do weird things like he would turn on faucets and turn on TVs in different rooms 
So like, you couldn't is, hear is he, it. you couldn't hear it or like, oh, is he in the kitchen running the kitchen sink right now? That's like, is something he I would have done as a teenager to get oh. out of the house. <laughs> like, fuck. Brutal. Oh. Um, so yeah, like we said, I mean, throughout 1976 uh, until pretty much 1981, he would repeat similar scripts over and over. Um, a typical attack near the beginning of his series would look uh, pre-attack. There would be weird hang-up phone calls, strange phone calls uh, all around the neighborhood um, surrounding where his victim would eventually be. And noticeable onset of barking dogs throughout the night and random gates or fences open or kick down. The attack itself, like we mentioned, would most commonly be a single separated woman or married with her husband away, middle of the night, uh, woken up with a bright light, threatened through clenched teeth not to make a sound. Um, he would often tie them up using torn sheets or towels or shoelaces. Mm -hmm. Sometimes he brought them, sometimes he took them from a, sh a pair of shoes in the home. Told Would tell them that all he wanted was money and, like we said, would periodically... Um, assault and rape the victim, taking breaks to rummage through the house or make snacks, cut the phone lines, and almost everyone described him as 5'9 to 5'10, medium build, around 175 to 185 pounds, with a very small penis and an awful odor. Yeah. Yeah. And Fucking Jesus. Like we said, he would follow up phone calls, dead air, threats. Uh, these would be days, weeks, months, and even up to 26 years after the initial attack. So we're dealing with a keeper. <laughs> yeah. With um, a very small penis. With a very small penis. One thing I, I meant or I caught on to when hearing firsthand accounts from the victims was Detective Carol Daly and how amazing and compassionate she was um, with all the victims, you know, and I, I've heard a couple of her interviews as well. And she spoke to, you can't just go up to someone and start asking them personal questions. You explain why you're asking the questions of, you know, I know it's awkward to talk about, but the reason we need to know every single detail of what happened is because we can stack them as separate offenses when we eventually catch this guy. Like, she was very thorough and patient and kind, so hmm. wonderful human being. Um, his victims were as young as 13, so I heard an interview with Margaret uh, Wardlow as well, yep. and she was, is one of us. So sassy. Oh, oh my, my God, God. That little girl, like, I mean, she's, she's not so little anymore, but fuck. When I heard it, she's just like, fuck you. <laughs> she's like, like, why are you here? <laughs> I know, and I just, like, I could, it's so typical of a 13-year-old girl to be like, get the, huh. God, leave me alone. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but she, she mentioned that she was so obsessed with the case leading up to. Yeah. So she knew his script and she was like, I knew, she was like, I wasn't scared because I knew what was about to happen. I knew he hadn't killed anyone. He didn't really hurt anyone. Mm -hmm. Um, so she was like, you know, I knew, I knew what was going to happen. I knew it would be over. I knew I would survive. Yeah. So. Very unique outlook. Yeah, and it... Yeah, like, she... I forget the way she put it, but she said, you know, it can't... She's like, you can't let that dictate... I didn't want to let that dictate my life, like, mm -hmm. to paraphrase what she was saying. She's like, I didn't want to live in fear my whole life. I didn't want to, like, have my life defined by that moment. Mm -hmm. Her mother was another story. Like, her mother yeah. was just so traumatized by the fact that her daughter was attacked. Yeah. Um, But... 
she's interesting because she didn't give him the power that he wanted. She yeah. didn't like give him that satisfaction or that fear or that whatever whatever trigger he had that just like mm-hmm. got him going. Like she refused to give it to him and that like, was just it's such a badass thing of her. Yeah, like when he threatened to kill her and her mom, she was like, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> and not that that's the necessarily the right thing to do. Like I don't mean to say you know, that the other victim should have done that or anything like that. No, but like but, you said, she had the knowledge in her back pocket. Like, yeah, she's like, she knew that she could push him because he yeah. hadn't done anything. Yeah. To that the extreme the balls that she had exactly to try and push his buttons back when he was trying to push hers. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, I oh. hope I hope he remembers. I hope he remembers her. I hope that at least because there's a couple incidents, uh, instances of his victims being like, screw you and you know kind of not letting him get what he wanted yeah and i hope that those stick in his brain and make him uncomfortable in the slightest yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so another encounter that i found particularly terrifying wasn't an actual attack and you probably heard this one as well The woman was driving, and she saw a man in a ski mask, kind of like army crawling up to a door. Mm -hmm. And she was like, nope, not getting involved. So she pulled up to a stop sign, and she checked to the left, checked to the right, and kept checking back and forth to proceed. And then when she turned her head back, all of a sudden, this guy's at her window. Oh, my God. See... That's that horror movie, like, tick that I was... Yeah, we talked about that a couple episodes ago. Yeah, like, fuck. Like, it's just... In an instant, it's there. And, and then the uh, the brass on this guy. So she <laughs> pushes on the gas and goes. He goes back on his little stolen, like, dinky bike and fucking takes off after her. Know, like, but does he really think he's going to win that one? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, yeah. <sighs> <laughs> ah, dinky bike. <laughs> um... So I'll uh, I'll kind of close up just going into, or at least with his history, going into how his series evolved. Because, like I said, at first he was targeting couples, or sorry, um, single women. Yeah. Um, and then eventually he didn't care if the man was in the house anymore. Yeah. Um, and this was pretty terrifying because, you know, I think a lot of, a lot of, Women and even today, right? You hear a bump in the night. You're like, oh, at least my whoever is home, my yeah. husband's home or my dad's home or whatever. Yep. Um, that didn't matter anymore. Yeah. So what he would do is he would break into the house, similar script. He would, you know, wake them up with a bright light or whatever, order the woman to tie up the man, and then he'd tie up the female, and then he'd re-tie up the man just to make sure it was secure mm-hmm. and that she wasn't trying to, you know make any loose knots or whatever yeah and then he would place stacked dishes on the back of the man and tell him if i hear these rattle or fall i'm going to kill you both yeah um and then he would take the woman into another room assaults rape her do his usual you know go grab a cheese snack and then come back um and so on so again it was just this he just evolved yep in his patterns. But again, he kept that whole, you know, I'm just here for money. I'm not going to hurt you. That sort of thing. Um, and then 
one thing which is a pretty popular piece of information because it's so creepy was the town hall meetings that they held. Oh, yep. How a particular man stood up and said, this is not possible, you know, basically telling the detectives you're feeding us bullshit. There's no way a man in the house would let this guy rape his woman and that he wouldn't be able to overpower him. And then a couple months later, they were victims yeah, of the East Area. Which is so... It's problematic for a few reasons. Like, one, I mean, it's just men at the time. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, like, just that, it's such a indicator of, like, the late 70s or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, no, no, we protect all women. Nothing would happen. And, or you're a weak man if you can't protect your wife kind of thing. Yeah. But the the creepy thing is that he was there because yeah. he could target them. And he probably targeted them at that meeting because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, yeah, fuck you. Fuck you, you think you can't, uh... Yeah. You really think you can stand the test? All right, let's do it. You're next. Like, yeah. ugh. Sorry. I no, no, no. To, I didn't mean to steal that away from you. No, no, steal no, your thunder if that's where you're building to, which... No, that's absolutely right, though. And it's just, again, we're... He's... He just defies everything that we've learned is safety, basically. Yeah. Which I think is what makes him such a terror, which sucks because that's exactly what he wants. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I was thinking about that when I was like over the last couple of nights when I was scared. I'm like, fuck it. He's still fucking terrorizing people like 40 years later, just by the stories of him. Yeah. You know, like that someone else could potentially do this. Mm-hmm. Like, it's Yeah, just, just that that capability is there. Yeah. Is terrifying. You know, like it's movies are safe because, you know, you know it's not real and you can turn the TV off and then unplug. Or you have that disconnect of like, yeah, like that would really, yeah, like, you know, he'd yeah. be able to get in that door. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, enter fucking this guy. And yeah. So... Oh. Yeah. So eventually he would go on to murder um, quite a few people, mm-hmm. um, which, again, you know, up until this point, people were like, not not that it's not terrible, but, you know, he doesn't actually hurt us. He's not slitting anyone's throat. He's not, you know what I mean? It's a different kind of expectation. And then all of a sudden he crossed that bridge. Imagine being that couple, though, like... taking some small small comfort in the fact that okay you know this is his mo like you're gonna get tied up i'm gonna get tied up Mm -hmm. i'm probably going to get raped and then it you happen to be the couple that he escalates and kills yeah like it's just it's so i mean tragedy doesn't even begin to explain it but like yeah, and it makes just... you wonder what that turning point was. Yeah. What in his brain or life or whatever happened that flicked that switch where he was like, this is what I'm doing now. Yeah. Like, oh, let's let's try this tonight. Yeah. I don't know either. So, you know, this is all up until around 81. And then from 81 to 86, he kind of went on a little hiatus. Um Some people thought maybe he was in jail for, like, theft or something like that. But from what I've heard, what I've read, uh, and what I think, his first daughter was born in 81. That'll do it. So, (laughs) I'm thinking that's that's where that came from. He did strike again in 86, but... I think Dennis Rader did the same. Like, BTK did the same Mm. thing. Like, he... 
he killed took and killed little, and then his daughter was born. Took a little mat leave. I think. <laughs> yeah, sabbatical. Yeah. So, and that's where we are, and basically, 40-year <laughs> gap of, well... Yeah. it It's interesting, I think, not to take away from any of the victims that we're done talking about yep. the victims for now. I think it's so fascinating to me how they caught the motherfucker. Tell me all about oh it. Oh my god, okay. Because I knew, I knew that you were primarily going to look into that. Like, of course I've been following what's been posted, but I haven't been digging too deep because I've been so focused on refreshing my memory of his history. Yes. So. Okay. So the police used um, one of these genetic ancestry sites. Um, they used a site called GEDmatch or GEDmatch. I'm not sure how to really say it. But anyway... Um, the way I understood it is it's not like ancestry and it's not like other, um, genetic sites. Like basically what you do is you submit a DNA sample and they say, they send it into their database and they get pings back and say, yo, you might be related to this person and that person and whatever. Uh, the cops had a sample from, I want to call it a rape kit. I don't know if they call it a rape kit back then but they had a sample from the 70s that was in the freezer and the cops ran it through the database and just thought hey whatever let's see if we get a hit uh and the first hit they got back was his great 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 grandparents oh yeah so then they had to narrow it down to his age location um that sort of thing and they eventually nailed him so um the cops had to build out these family trees and just eliminate. So they they have a history of this guy's family from the 1800s, and they had to narrow it down and like so sorry. chop the branches off. <laughs> <laughs> so this means that someone, like just for example, one of his daughters could have submitted to this, yeah. submitted her DNA, and then from that they built out her family tree, which of course includes him. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's um so. Of course, there are skeptics mm-hmm. and people who are very concerned with the privacy issues surrounding this. <laughs> yeah, I've seen some dumbass comments oh about God. that. Well, there's a lot of articles that are like, well, what is this mean about our privacy? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, I, I get it because I see that point of view because apparently on these these websites, um, you need to log in slash sign in slash sign some kind of agreement saying that you are the person submitting mm-hmm. the the DNA. Yeah. So it kind of like removes law enforcement from the equation. Mm-hmm. So I, I can see them kind of being like, okay, well, if they went about it by false pretenses, then it like, what does it say about like anybody could be responsible for anything at that point. But mm-hmm. I feel like the technology is developing at such a fast rate that I, I, I want to believe that it can't possibly be flawed. Like, it, it, it's not perfect, but they can narrow it down. Mm-hmm. I think they narrowed it down to two. This, uh, oh my God, I can't even, Joseph yeah. D'Angelo, they had him, and then they had one other guy, and the other guy just, he didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. But then they had they had their doubts about him, too, about D'Angelo, because they're like, he's he was a cop. Yeah. He was a cop. There's no way he was a cop, and he did this, blah, blah, blah. And they dug into it, and they found out. Well, he wasn't—he wasn't a great cop. Yeah, he was only <laughs> cop for like five years, and, and he was just shoplifted. <laughs> like, if they just looked at what he fucking stole when he was shoplifting, <laughs> like, I feel like it just—it's too perfect. Like, he bought or he stole 
dog repellent. Yeah. Like. And a hammer, I think. Yeah. yeah. And then when he was murdering people, like, it was usually blunt force trauma to the mm. head. And I'm like, fuck, God, that's murder weapon. And the if you dig into the details of the story, he's got some beef with dogs because so many of his victims have dogs. So quite often the threats would come, like, uh, to the victim, like, if you can't shut that dog up, I'll kill you. And, like, all that sort of stuff. Like, they pissed him off because they were... Honestly, one of the closest things to, like, not ratting him out, but, like, the dogs barking in the neighborhood while he's prowling and all those little things. It was, like, his nuisance. Just that Ugh. thing picking at him. Like, oh, get out of my way. So. Yeah. And a lot of the victims said, s- some of the early ones detected uh, aftershave, but later on they said this weird, just strong odor that they couldn't describe which was probably dog repellent. Oh my god, what does dog repellent smell like? We need to know. <laughs> Damn. Sorry, uh, go on. No, no, that's okay, because that was, that's really all I had to say about it. I just thought, like, fuck, he buys a hammer, or he didn't buy anything, he stole it. <laughs> he steals a hammer, and he steals dog repellent, and, like, yeah, th- you can see those being used. It's very, very likely that they were used, and, like... And it's not like they're expensive items, so if you're <sighs> stealing them, it's for a reason. Yeah, like, what the hell? Um, apparently, any cops that worked on this case... I read an article that said that um, any cops that worked on the Eusteria Rapist case had to voluntarily submit DNA evidence. Mm-hmm. So they were like, well, how could a full-time cop, blah, blah, blah? Well, he probably didn't work on this case. He probably heard about it a lot. Yeah. But... He never worked directly on it because they they had a feeling he was either a cop or military at the time. Yeah. Because of the way he was moving and how quiet he was and how and his fit knots he was. And, yeah. Yeah. Actually, his knots are interesting, too, because uh, he was in the Navy and I think it's called the diamond knot. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was found on his victims, like on the, the bindings that he, he had them in and... Um, that's that's one of the knots they teach you in the Navy. And he was in the Navy in Vietnam. Yeah. Which I thought was like, oh, it's so perfect. <laughs> God damn it. Um, what else do I have to say about this guy? Um, so when they actually got close to catching him, Paul Holes, who uh, I believe is a DNA analyst. Oh, my God. DNA analyst. Okay. Um, so Paul Holes almost went up and... Asked him for a sample. Like, they're like, yeah, you know, it's it's just for whatever. Like, he he was going to go up. He was, they had narrowed down the search to this guy. And he's like, well, if I just get a DNA sample, then we'll just, we'll take it from there. Um, But it's a good thing that he didn't. He was just going to go up and knock on the door. And it's a good thing he didn't because he was watching, uh, he was watching him from a distance. And it turns out afterward that this guy had dozens of guns registered to him. Ugh. And, like, um, Paul Holes actually said, like, he looks like this decrepit little old man. He's like, don't be fooled. Like, there's no way that this guy is... Well, I've seen that, you know, he looks like a 72-year-old but moves like a 50-year-old. Yeah. And that was just like, oh, Yeah. And, like, you know that there's some shit going on behind those eyes. Um, so when they actually... Got him when they went in. Went. I found the hashtag. It's oh. called hot for holes. <laughs> oh my god. Uh. <laughs> I love the true crime community. Something about filling holes or something. <laughs> Sorry, continue. <laughs> That's okay. Um, okay, so 
before I dig into the day they got him and mm-hmm. actually apprehended him. Um, he actually stayed in Sacramento County. I think it's a county. Sorry, guys, we're from Canada. We don't. <laughs> sounds right. That you sounds... can't get much farther from California than we are. <laughs> sounds like a thing that people have said. Yeah. So, he, okay, he's from Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the crimes were committed in Sacramento. So he stayed in the fucking county where he committed these crimes. And I feel like he seems so, um, like, bold and cocky. That he, like, that probably has just been, like, feeding his little blob ego for, like, the past 40 years yeah. of, like, I'm still here. Yeah. You know what I mean? I could do it at any time. You and just watch me. knowing that, like, oh, that house across the street. Or, you know what I mean? Like, a couple neighborhoods over. Like, that's uh, number 27 there. God. Ugh. So he was caught with an item that he discarded years ago. Uh, a couple years ago, but I guess they couldn't get a, a strong enough hit or the techno like something. It wasn't enough, so they had while they were following him secretly, mm-hmm. investigating him, whatever. Um, they found his DNA on another discarded something. They won't really. I want to know. What it was. I know. I'm like, is it just a tissue? Is it a like, straw? Like, I is it a piece of know. gum? Like, I need to know if it was his snot. <laughs> well, the other weird thing that was mentioned in terms of his DNA is that he's considered a non-secretor. That, yeah, and it's so rare. Mm-hmm. It, uh. And basically what that means is only his blood will indicate his blood type, right? So it doesn't come out in his spit or semen. Yeah. It's just his blood that will indicate his blood type. Yeah, which... Which made it difficult. A situation like this, yeah. yeah. Very problematic. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> Witnesses say that he never smiled, that he was a recluse, uh, that he would end up just screaming at nothing, like, randomly in his car. Like, if he, whatever, stubbed his toe or Mm. locked something in his car, had to... Something. Just something silly. Like, I forgot my phone in my car. Oh, fuck! Like, he would just, like, lose shit over nothing. According to witnesses... Yeah. <laughs> Watch out. Um, so, whatever, they went in. Um, <laughs> the cops were there, and he said, I have a roast in the oven. Don't, uh, can I take care of my roast in the oven? And the cops are like, we'll take care of it. I feel like he shakes his head a lot. Like, anger shakes. I feel like he's got that old man voice. And another thing. Picture him more, like, gravelly. But apparently he has naturally has a soft, more feminine voice. No way, really? Yeah. Ooh, because well, that... Well, according to some of, like, the phone calls, victim accounts and stuff, like, the the low, grovelly, like, clenched teeth voice that he gave off was put on. Everyone was like, it sounded like he was putting on a voice. Apparently, again, just going back, if this is, in fact, him, da 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 da, da mm-hmm. apparently his natural voice is more soft-spoken and is higher-pitched. Which is interesting because the uh, Vesalia Ransacker, who they're not sure if mm-hmm. the crimes are associated, but that's what they said about him, is that his voice was very feminine. Like, when he screamed, yeah, th- it was very feminine and very shrill. Yeah. So And going back to him talking to himself, he would change voices. So some people said, because they're blindfolded, like, it sounded like he was talking to a woman, but no one else was in the house. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, what was my last point? Which, I mean, between that and small penis, he probably has some steam issues. Well, yeah, they put him on suicide watch in the cell. 
Good. I hope that someone is there like 24-7 because I don't want that guy to die before he talks. Yeah. And this is something we talked about, I think, last episode is like how it's bittersweet. It's so fucking shitty that this motherfucker was allowed to have a nice Mm -hmm. long life, you know, free in the public. But then I'm also happy that like we caught him and it's like. It's developing proof that it was him. Yeah. Um, because if he was dead, it might not be as... Like, there still would be that margin for error, I think. Yeah. And with him alive, like, there's still the possibility of a confession. I don't know how likely it is, but it's just... Who knows, though? <sighs> was someone that fucked up? Like, he might... Because sometimes what happens is, you know, if if they're questioning him, for example, and they're like, oh, this and this and this happened... Because he's so prone to, like, routine and things going the way he wants, if they, for example, mess a detail up, he might not be able to help himself from, like, correcting them. Yeah. Or being like, no, it happened. Like, that. you know what I mean? Like, he might get triggered with weird stuff like that. I wonder if this, like, to that point, I wonder if the small penis thing was made public. Do you know? Because the phone calls weren't. I don't think it was. Shit. Um, Okay. Because I was going to say, like... If you want to rub a guy the wrong way, no pun intended, like, talk about his small little hot dog penis. And it, okay, so the other <laughs> thing that I was thinking when I'm hearing, you know, victims describe him and stuff, because they're as young as, like, 13, 15, and I'm like, I didn't know what a penis looked like when I was 15 and 16. Oh, God, could you imagine? I just knew the stupid, like, health diagrams, but, like, I wouldn't know what constituted a small penis. So for these girls to know, I don't know if it was just a different time or if it was, like, <laughs> that small that they were, like, yeah, that I don't know what normal is, but that's not it. Well, you know what I mean? I think one account was that it was, like, you know, like, your little tiny Oscar Meyer, like, skinny, yeah, like, five-inch tiny little... Uh, you're right, though, for a younger victim, like 13, like mm-hmm. who may not, who probably hasn't had sex. Like, that's mm-hmm. just so, uh, how can you, like, it's relative, right? Ugh. And that's another thing. I mean, again, I, I hate to say that something is better or worse, but it just makes your heart hurt all the more when, you know, some, especially with the younger girls, a lot of them were virgins. Yeah. And this is their first encounter. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah, it's horrible. I just, I want to know if it was released because I feel maybe he didn't care if it was released and it didn't piss him off. But like, and I don't think it was. I think he did care, though, because like I said, after I think it was Joyce said like, oh, you're a good lady. He's like, oh, people always make fun of me and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Gotta have low self-esteem. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah. Yeah. You don't you don't have a control trigger like that unless you have something that you're compensating for yeah. emotionally and slash or physically. Mm-hmm. So good. He's on suicide watch. Yeah. Um, his next, I think it's his arraignment. I could be wrong. That might have just happened. Um, but May 14th is the next. I think that'll be when you see the next influx of media coverage mm-hmm. on this because um, he'll be in court again. But. Yeah, fuck this guy. And that one of the, I think one of the most tragic things, and this has been said, but one of the most tragic things about him is not only the victims that he left in the 70s and 80s, but the current victims, like his his daughters. Yeah. Right? Like his daughters, his grandchildren, like. That lived with him. Yeah. Like, 
And I was reading, um, I don't want to draw too many comparisons between BTK um, and the serial rapist slash Golden State Killer. Like, I don't, that's not what I'm trying to do here, but I did read a note from, um, or an article on Dennis Rader's daughter, who they had no idea. And she had a really hard time forgiving him or even if she wanted to forgive him because mm-hmm. so much had happened and she felt so much guilt. She felt responsible for the lives that her father had taken. And yeah. I can't imagine that the experience is much different for these girls. Yeah. And I, th- I think there's such a huge element, you know, whether it's your father, husband, best friend, whatever, of like the and this comes up a lot in Ted Bundy's case, how you can be so close to someone and not not know know it. And again, that adds to the fear factor, right? Yeah. Brutal. It's just so sad. I feel so like my heart goes out to them um, just because they, they're probably just beside themselves now. Like not only are you coping with like, holy shit, that was my dad, but then it's, you know, all the guilt from, oh my God, these people, these families. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, another weird thing I wanted to touch on, just kind of digging more into his psyche and whatnot, is he had a few distinct moments of what I hesitate to call compassion, but that seemed like compassion. Yeah. So there was a few cases where, um, you know, he had, was in the middle of, or was, you know, raping, assaulting a victim, and... One time he was leaving and she was still tied up and she was like shaking. And he was like, why are you shaking? She's like, oh, I'm cold because she was naked. Right. And he put a blanket over her. Yeah. Before he left. And in another uh, instance, it was one of the couple's ones. He's, you know, leading the woman out of the bedroom. She slept naked. So she was already in the nude and her husband was tied up. And she said, you know, I'm really uncomfortable. Can I have a robe? And he went and got a robe and put it over her shoulders. Like. What is it? Why? I just, and then there was another case, uh, a 16 year old where luckily she was not assaulted or raped. Um, but she was tied up, dragged around the house, threatened and, and whatnot. And eventually he took her outside and he repeated untying and and retying her ankles multiple times, was pacing by her, talking to himself. Like she said, he just seemed very confused and indecisive like these moments of perceived almost weakness mm-hmm. in him i would just love to dig into that and understand what all that's about mm-hmm. i also find it interesting that um he stopped like i, I know we talked about this a couple minutes ago but like you don't I, I don't know if this is a myth or not but in my in, in my my perception is that, like, you just keep going. You keep escalating until you're caught or you're dead. Mm-hmm. And he was able to stop, reel it in, and kind of hide below the fold for yeah. decades. Yeah, I don't know. Another thing I'd like to have confirmed is um, in one of the profiles released to the public, it was said that he's likely a paranoid schizophrenic. Huh. I would like to know if that's true and if he ever sought any sort of treatment for that. Yeah. Because if he did, let's say with the onset of his, you know, first daughter being born or whatever that looks like, if he got the medication or whatever that he needed for that, I wonder, because a lot of the times he was caught talking to himself or saying, you know, 
I'm so mad. Like she's making me do it. I don't want to do this anymore. She's making me do it. And a lot of people are tying them that back to his ex fiance Bonnie. Mm-hmm. But if he is truly a paranoid schizophrenic, and he's having conversations with himself in a woman's and a man's voice, yeah, I wonder if it's an internal. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus, man. So, so many questions still unanswered. For sure. And I mean, like he's he's a war vet too. I mean, like he was in. He's in the Navy. I don't know how much how much action they saw. You really, mm. when you think about Vietnam, you really think of jungle warfare. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure, you know, they had to dock somewhere, and I'm sure it wasn't pleasant when they, yeah. you know. Well, especially, like, everyone's born and develops kind of predisposed triggers, so that may have been just the thing to, to set them push off. a button well, and click that button, you know? I don't think you can get much, <laughs> much more trauma than war. Yeah. You know? I... So yeah, so I'm interested to see how it, like, what else comes out because they're just starting to release little tiny pieces mm-hmm. of the life that he lived before, or like who and he is. Got to be careful too, like just in that you know point zero zero one percent chance that it's not him. Like, yeah, that's ugh. that's a scary thought too. Like if it's not him, ugh. which it likely is, but <laughs> but if it's not, because they're still using alleged. And you know what I mean? Well, like, yeah, it's. I know it's, they haven't proven it. It's, exactly. Yeah. Like I know it's to cover their ass, but still, it's like. Uh, yeah, you kind of have to say that for legal reasons. Yeah. Until it's like legally proven, but I, scientifically it is. So yeah. I mean, there's that. So. Yeah, there's there's still so much more more to come so yeah. i'm not sure what our future updates will look like if it's if Maybe it will warrant beginning of the episode yeah just for like episode by episode or if enough will happen that we gotta do <laughs> a second two. yeah a part two follow-up but we'll uh one way or another we'll be sure to keep you guys updated for sure as and best we can consolidate the sources and all the different articles and media that come up everywhere yeah so um reach out to us with uh, any information that you guys have too. Like if there's a cool article um, or something that we didn't mention, just let us know. Email us at uh, sittingcrookedpodcast at gmail.com. Or even just your perspective. You want your two cents in like, yeah, like start a discussion on the page. Yeah, for sure. Give her Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, sitting crooked podcast or sit crooked podcast. I posted yesterday on Twitter of, uh, it was a live link to his, um, his first, not hearing, what was it? It's probably a hearing. Anyways, whatever it was, Some his first thing. legal thing. Uh, <laughs> I posted it and was like, um, GSK being taken down is Monday motivation. Because, like, <laughs> hashtag Monday motivation always trends on Mondays, right? But yeah, it's yeah. usually like, you can do it. Friday's only four days away. Da, 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 da. Oh, gosh. So that was Sitting Crooked's Monday motivation. <laughs> Friday is a long way away for this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. Don't forget to subscribe. Subscribe. Check us out. Do some stuff and start a conversation. In a car. With us. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) We also like to sing it. We sing at you. (laughs) Not with you. Yeah. Good. Good.